Okay, what's up, guys? So wanted to break this down. Obviously, there's a long way to go with starting to capturing this data and tracking what the athletes are doing on the field, but highly interested in getting some of this insights, not only to improve our training at Hans Athletics, but to uh, improve the ability to reference to this stuff for coaches, sport coaches, when they are curious about you know, what demands are on the athletes, what type of conditioning should be uh, appropriate for them in sport or for their sport, or even down to what's important for their position. So there's a lot of different things to look into this. Um, again, we're we're starting to dive into this new to the space in terms of actually tracking this and going through it. So take it for what it's worth, but I'm going to go through uh, real quickly, just two athletes we tracked uh, on the same team uh, during a football game last Friday. So they wore the GPS trackers underneath their pads and was able to grab uh, some cool data on different positions. We're going to work through all the different position pools uh, for football and also want to dive into some soccer as well. And then from there, the, the sky's the limit, right? So uh, number one, I want to show you guys uh, all the different types of data we're incorporating and uh, what we're looking at and uh, compare the two athletes. So uh, you'll see here athlete one, which will go back and forth between these, but athlete one uh, is a linebacker. So uh, a linebacker, kind of the, the head linebacker on the team. Uh, plays an outside linebacker position. The second is going to be a receiver slash uh, corner DB, uh, primarily DB, and also fills in, plays both sides of the ball. But a, pro uh, a very interesting prospect for college football. Uh, he's going has multiple offers already, but he plays uh, defensive back mainly uh, in those opportunities in the future. So first off, let's kick back to the linebacker. Let's look at total volume during the full game. So you'll see here the athlete covered 2.77 miles. Uh, and then we got a bunch of different metrics here. So high-speed running HSR, 369 yards. Uh, this is going to be running that is over, I believe, 13.1 miles per hour. So there's different uh, things you can set these different, but these are what's recommended for rugby or football. Uh, over over 13.1 miles per hour, you have the, the high-speed running, 369 yards. High-intensity distance, that's 729 yards. And what's uh, included in this is acceleration and deceleration. So the athlete quickly changing speeds, uh, either accelerating or decelerating. So he almost doubles out when it comes down to the yards coverage while doing those two uh, different types of movements. Uh, total sprint distance, um, this is going to be... Uh, how far the athlete is sprinting, uh, again, over a certain miles per hour. I believe that this is um, around 10, 10 miles per hour. I think looking at that, it's 10 to 10.5 uh, miles per hour. You got 332 uh, total yards. And uh, so you'll see there's a little bit difference there between the sprint distance and the HSR um, in terms of why that is relates to the fact that for sprinting distance to count, you have to be sprinting for over a second. So the difference between you see between the high-speed running and sprint distance uh, is those high-speed running yards can occur in a second or less when it comes to accelerating, decelerating, or hitting a speed. So you see a little bit of difference in those. What's cool about this software as well is you can see the numbers comparative half to half. So how much it occurs uh, during the first half or second half 
you'll see there's more running total in the first half, um, a lot less high speed yards. Um, but so you can just kind of compare and see uh, what what the demands are uh, from half to half. So with that in mind, that is our linebacker when it comes to volume. Let's pan over to our DB slash wide receiver, and you'll see 3.67 miles. So quite a bit more uh, distance, total distance covered. Uh, high speed running, 433. High intensity distance, 866 yards. Sprint distance, 770. So see here, obviously, these positions, that's kind of uh, something we'd already know, right, is there's a, lot, a big difference in how much yardage has to be covered um, for for the athletes over the duration of the game, which can be taken into consideration when you're training different position groups uh, who, who obviously needs more conditioning. Although uh, we'll dive into some, some things that I find at the end, but I think uh, I can share a little bit of a way that I think that this can be obtained and it naturally is obtained through practice and through sport. So pan back to the linebacker. We've got um, top speed. So you'll see here, in game, uh, outside linebacker hit 19.34 miles per hour. That's that's pretty fast for a linebacker to hit in game. Uh, we have done a good job of getting our athletes fast. Uh, this individual, he's ran uh, over 20 miles per hour uh, in training. So giving the athlete the capability to hit those high speeds, have that speed reserve, uh, able to hit 19.34 miles per hour in pads pretty uh, comfortably while playing the game which is well outside the range that sport is normally played at. So what you'll see is, is he's a playmaker that's able to get across the field and make plays that most linebackers would not be able to make um, because they don't have the ability to hit those speeds in pads. So a uh, number of sprints, 14 total uh, sprints when it came to uh, running full speed over a second, 64 accelerations, 45 decelerations. Um so it gives us an idea of how, how much he's accelerating, decelerating, fairly balanced here as a linebacker. And uh, again, just kind of proves the importance of working on deceleration and training. You can't just work on the accelerations as uh, obviously there's a very significant demand on the decelerations as well. Pan over to wide receiver slash um, corner. 39 sprints. Okay, so again, he's doing almost uh, more than double uh, sprints than the linebacker uh, throughout the session. Uh, but but what's interesting is the acceleration and decelerations aren't too far off. You see here accelerations are, are very similar, uh, but the corner wide receiver had to decelerate aggressively more often, which again makes sense going into cuts, routes, uh, covering someone. So just again pounds the importance of working on deceleration uh, with your athletes, uh, sport coaches on the field. Uh, doing sprint work and uh, requiring quick stops, again, is going to be important. Uh, also to note, a lot of injuries happen in decelerations. So obviously, there's a lot of opportunities to decelerate. If you are not working on that uh, in practice, you're leaving your athlete open um, to more injuries. Uh, you know, this, this can be implemented in strength and conditioning as well uh, when it comes to uh, what kind of speed work you do in the gym and uh, whatnot, but it's important to make sure that that bucket is being filled somewhere uh, along the line. Okay. And uh, this is crazy right here. This 22.65. I know exactly what play this is on. I was at the game is a chase down from one side of the field, the opposite end of the field uh, cap running down and catching another athlete. I trained that also 
uh, runs in that 22 mile per hour range. So this is insane to hit in pads. This is by far uh, for sure NFL speed uh, when it comes to uh, the ability to accelerate and run in pads and make plays that otherwise would not be made. Uh, it can be a game changer. And this is one of the reasons he's highly sought after is um, that is nutty. That is a crazy speed. I hope I want to get that across you at 22.65 in pads is nutty. Okay. Now, um, now we kind of hit that on the head, right? So we'll move over to intensity. Some more interesting data in this, especially when it comes to training. So uh, distance per minute, 40 yards. So in an entire minute uh, on average, the athlete's covering 40 yards in that minute span. But this is where it gets really interesting too and why uh, a lot of conditioning by sport coaches in my mind isn't isn't quite done correctly. Um, High-speed running per minute, three yards. So he averages three yards per minute of high-speed running. That's a lot lower than you would initially think. Um, High-intensity distance, again, this is going to include uh, deceleration, acceleration yards, um, seven yards. Right, seven yards a minute. So just take your brain to the idea that you're running gassers or slow volume conditioning. Uh, that is not the demands at all on the field, even for a corner or for a wide receiver. Okay, and uh, we'll get into that in a second. But as he has a linebacker, uh, that's what he's kind of required to cover and might make you rethink some of the conditioning you're doing uh, with the athletes. And then sprint distance per minute, three yards throughout the game so 43.73 jump over boom so here is your corner slash wide receiver you'll see 57 yards compared to 40 yards and you'll see um uh, four yards of high speed running high intensity distance is eight yards sprint distance is seven so again four eight and seven versus three seven and three obviously a difference changes demands but it is not as much as you would assume, right? So that's on average, that's how much yardage they're covering at certain speeds uh, throughout the game, which just stresses the importance of being able to accelerate, decelerate, and uh, run really fast because you're not going to have a ton of time or opportunities uh, to do so. So if you can capitalize on the, those short yard bursts, um, that's where you're going to have the biggest payoff when it comes to performance on the field. So, Moving over to stress. This one's interesting. I didn't have heart rate on them, so we don't have heart rate, but let's talk about stress. So first off, we're going to look, look at step balance between feet, uh, 51, 49, fairly normal, especially coming at like a linebacker coming out of certain positions. Uh, anything over uh, two to three balance. So if there's a two to three differential, then you might want to start looking into, is there some pain going on with the athlete? Have they had a previous injury? That can be an indicator of uh past injury and potential injury in the future. Uh, so uh, our linebacker right here fell right into kind of a healthy balance. Ideally, it's 50-50, uh, but not bad. Now, when we look at DSL. So real quick, I want to show you guys what DSL is. And this is a stress score. So boom, boom, boom. dynamic stress load. Sorry, I'm totally pulling around. So strain. The strain metric refers to the amount of external stress placed on the body during a, during a given training or game. Strain can be placed on your body through step impacts during running and other game or training-related activities. As you tire, your uh, step impacts can become larger, placing extra stress on your body, resulting in a higher strain value. Running style, weight, and the session type can all affect this score. 
Obviously, the session type was a game. It's a personalized metric. Um, so as you track this over time, you can kind of see uh, if the athlete is uh, inducing more strain on their body due to fatigue, which could be important in tracking uh, for athletes throughout a season. You know, if you were going to invest in these units as a team and be able to see what's happened to the athletes and the strain on the body. But what's interesting is uh, we just talked about how this linebacker uh, covered less yards, total distance, less total sprinting, right? Uh, not as high of a total speed. But he has a dynamic strain load of 169. So that's his score. Obviously, that, that number doesn't mean a lot to you. Um, doesn't mean a lot to us yet either until we kind of see um, more data come in on, on different games. Okay. But this is really interesting. So let's look at the the DB. So stress, again, about the same balance. Again, makes sense when you're coming off one foot in your starts or whatnot. But the dynamic strain load, even with with more uh, volume, more sprints and whatnot, more distance covered, was actually 131. So it was lower of a cost on this athlete than the linebacker. And, uh, again, you got to look at athlete's body weight right and uh strength there's a lot of metrics that come into this but uh obviously a linebacker being heavier is gonna have uh, naturally have a little bit more strain on the body and then as we get some data on linemen you it might be kind of surprising on uh, how much strain it puts on them as well as they play being a very heavy athlete okay so dynamic strain load lower even though intensity speed and volume were higher now to sum this all up what, what do i take away of from this as a coach number one i don't think a lot enough uh fo- i don't think enough football teams are doing true sprint training so uh sprint really fast short distances rest long periods All right if they only need to cover seven eight yards in in uh, a minute right um you're going to need to be doing uh sprints and if they're running 20 30 yards for their sprint they should have a very long rest period two to three to four minutes between sprints working on getting your athletes faster. Again, if they can hit high speeds in the game, uh, they're going to have what's called, I call speed reserve. So uh, when, when for example, Kai runs 22.65 miles per hour, super fast, it's very low intensity for him to run anywhere between 14 to 17 miles per hour, right? So uh, he's going to seem to be in better shape because those efforts are lower. So even though he's playing at the game speed, it, 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 the game feels slow to him, which is great for performance, obviously, and it's a less of a toll on his body. So that higher speeds allow him more room to have less strain on the body uh, playing the game at the speed it's played. So that's that's one takeaway. I think we need more sprint training, short distances, long recoveries. I think we need to spend more time on acceleration and decelerations based on the volume of these. Uh, in training and i think we need to do sled loads and uh, sled sprints and chain sprints uh, in the strength conditioning for these guys uh, or on the field as that is going to uh, really impact their ability to accelerate and uh, you'll see they do a ton of reps of that in the game number two is i think a lot of coaches are wasting time on uh, slow moving general the volume that's being accomplished during a game now, this doesn't even take into account how much volume they're putting on these athletes in practice, right? So you got to take practice into account, which we could get some data on that. In my mind, you don't want to be adding any extra distance to those practices than is necessary. So I think 
uh, sport coaches would find the most benefit from conditioning being uh, formatted drills actually playing the sport. So you can see how much volume they get in sport in a game. Obviously, practice is going to be lower. Ideally, practice is lower. And uh, that, that time at practice is spent more on the technical aspect and then playing situational, playing uh, two-minute drill, stuff like that, where athletes are getting reps in uh, that are relative to the sport they're playing, relative to football, and uh, you don't waste any extra time or beat up the athletes extra on on conditioning. I don't think it's necessary. I think you just simulate uh, the game in practice. You cut out all the conditioning and you add in uh, short, low volume, high intensity sprints and work those in throughout the week based on when game day is and get practice and volume uh, there as that's what they're going to be required to do. And again, at very short distances with long rest periods, and that's going to carry over more to what the demands are of the sport and what's going on uh, on the field as we begin to look into this data. Obviously, I'm going to get more and more and more of this, which will give us more clear insight. But I wanted to give you guys a look into what we found just from two games between positions, uh, the similarities, the differences, and uh, how we can do better uh, as strength and coaches and uh, sport coaches when it comes to planning and implementation for our athletes. So thanks for tuning in, guys. This is a long video, a lot of information. Uh, obviously, we'll get better at this as we track more. But if you guys have any questions, let me know. Uh, definitely looking to take what we do at Hanson Athletics to the next level, as well as provide our schools in the area a better opportunity and information to help them make decisions for the athletes, keep them healthy, keep them uh, performing at a high level and providing opportunities for them on the field and also uh, to go get schooling for free and, and attend colleges and whatnot. So thanks, guys. Have a good one. We made it. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you have any further questions, please reach out via any social media channels or our website, and make sure to check out our on-site and online training options. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to the episode. If you have any further topics you'd like to discuss, let us know, and we'll make sure to cover them. Thank you.